Game seven, eight seconds left, home team down by one. Oh, the home team strips the ball and the point guard is all alone. But it appears that there's a wet spot on the free throw line. The fans go silent. Their championship aspirations flash before their eyes. Wait, someone's running out on the court. Oh my, it's the towel boy. How did he clean it so fast? The point guard takes off and dunks the ball. Game over, the crowd erupts. Towel boy, towel boy. All right. Thank you, everybody, for that very loud ovation. My name is Andy. I'm Landon. And we are the Towel Boys. Welcome to our inaugural podcast, where we will be discussing all things NBA. Um, A quick introduction first. My name is Andy. As I said, I am entering my first year of law school at Tulane University in New Orleans, and I am, I've been a huge sports fan since, I'm, since I've been a young kid. Um, I am specifically interested in sports law, um, and my favorite sport is basketball, which is why I love the NBA so much. And I'm Landon. I am entering my senior year in college. I am undecided on what I would like to pursue in the future. Um, I am really focused on basketball. Mostly because when I was a kid, I had asthma, so I couldn't really play many sports. Kind of uh, <laughs> tried, a, <laughs> tried a couple different ones and ended up doing pretty poorly. So basketball was inside, and at, I don't know why, but it didn't affect asthma didn't affect me as much inside. And since then, I've been a major basketball fan and a huge NBA fan, even though I can only play a little bit. Yep, that's, that's the same thing with me. I... <laughs> Basketball was the only sport that I was was good at. But yeah, you uh, were so a high school superstar, though. I was JV ninth maybe. grade. Yep, yep, yep. ninth grade. Awesome. So uh, Landon and I have been friends for a very long time, um, and we've been deba- debating various basketball topics for years. And we finally decided, instead of just talking on the phone, let's turn it into a podcast and make it an actual hobby. And here so, we are, yep, not wasting. Here we time. are. <laughs> well, so, I guess it's debatable. So, we are going to start this podcast off talking about the NBA format. Obviously, with everything going on with COVID-19, Black Lives Matter, and every other thing going on that's making 2020 a very interesting year, um, we decided to talk about the only news that we have. Um, So, it was announced about a week ago that the NBA is coming back with training camp and eight games to end the regular season, and then they will shoot into the playoffs east-west staying the same so we're going to break down what our thoughts are on this bracket and the pros and cons of it and how that's going to affect next season so landon what are your thoughts on that well i think to start off might as well clear out the elephant in the room washington and phoenix really like i mean Spurs, yeah, also, but we didn't know about LaMarcus Aldridge until today when we when we were sitting down to do this recording, so it's a little different. But, man, Washington and Phoenix, they, they were just so bad the whole year. I mean, for Washington, they had one of the worst defenses in the league. And, I mean, Phoenix has some good players, but I just don't think they can, they can make a big impact here. I saw um, Kevin Pelton on the Low Post, Zach Lowe's podcast. He ran a simulation – and the Suns made it in this proposed, or I guess it's um, finished format. He, they only made it one out of 500 times, which is pretty 
brutal. I, there's just no chance that they're going to make it. And the Wizards were not far behind. Yeah, the Wizards' win percentage is 37.5%. The Suns is 40%. I really don't think those teams deserve to be in the playoffs. They shouldn't be playing the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks. They have no chance. So no. I think it's a little crazy. However, it does lighten up the schedule for other teams that need to play eight games and run through this eight-game gauntlet, which is what it's going to look like for most teams. Absolutely. I, my concern is just, like, if you're going to have a bubble, you want to limit the amount of people. If if LeBron James gets coronavirus and he misses an entire playoff series, whoever wins this said championship is going to have an asterisk. And I don't support asterisks on like lockout seasons or anything like that. But if the best player in the world happens to miss an entire series, it's just it's just not right. Yeah, can you imagine player a player on the Wizards giving LeBron COVID, especially a team that <laughs> has no chance of being there? No offense, Wizards. Oh my you guys, god, you guys are gonna be a good team once John Wall comes back. Listen, I mean, as if it's now, Bradley Beal, then that's acceptable. But if it's you know Garrison Matthews, like, <laughs> oh yeah, come on. So, so what do you think about the NBA potentially? It's rumored that they could be starting the season going the seasons going forward um, more towards the winter and possibly Christmas or the beginning of December being uh, the opening tip off. What do you What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think I'm in the majority here when I say that it's awesome. Why Why would we want to have basketball during football season when we can have sports basically all year round if they if they pull that off? Like having basketball in the summer would be spectacular. I agree. I, when, when football's over in February, we'll still have a little bit over half the season and we have the full playoffs. I'd be very excited for that. And I am yeah. as big of a football fan as I am a basketball fan watching, yeah. not playing. I wonder how they would plan out scheduling with Olympics and stuff like that. That would make it a lot more difficult. We would just have to uh, resort back to not having NBA players in the Olympics, which would obviously influence Hurt the country. I mean, our ability to win. Right. Yep. So I mean, we um, we couldn't even win in, like USA basketball with pretty good NBA <laughs> players. Like, yeah. if you take all of them away, uh, we have no chance. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for sure. Yep. So let's break down. Let's let's look into these standings a little bit and kind of decide who we think is safe and who isn't safe um, going into this eight-game slate. Yeah, Look, looking at the top six East teams specifically, they all look incredibly safe. I think it's pretty much impossible. I think they've all clinched, right? Yep. Yeah. They, so they have clinched six with teams the eight games remaining. Good. Then you have the Magic, the Nets, and the Wizards. So I'd say that the Wizards are four games behind them? Four games? I believe, yeah, it's either four and a half, five, somewhere in there. Right, and you need to stay within four to play um, the play-in game where you'd have to win two straight games to yep. qualify for the eight seed. So I'd say the Magic and the Nets, obviously one of them is going to get in. Uh, the Wizards aren't going to jump both. Um, and the Agreed. outside chance that they do, I still don't think they'd win two straight games against one of those teams. But... To even make that happen, the Wizards. Well, have if to... they if they jumped both, they'd be safe. Right. I I don't think the Wizards are gonna be able to have a better record than both those teams enough to jump them. I no agree way. with you. There's very very little chance. Um, but you know, the one thing that could possibly influence that series, like the Wizards in general, would be if John Wall came back. I I know everybody's saying he won't, 
if he did, they'd have a better chance. Oh, for sure. John Wall's an exceptional player, an exceptional talent. I don't think he is going to come back, but if he does, that would definitely impact uh, the Wizards' chances. Uh, but looking at the standings here, the Wizards... The Wizards are 24 and 40. The Magic are 30 and 35. The Nets are 30 and 34. So the Wizards are about five and a half back of the Magic and six back of the Nets. So for them to be safe as the seven seed, they would have to jump both those teams by five games. <laughs> I don't, that's that's yeah, I'm going that's eight just, no, the Magic going three and five. That's just not happening. So they could very well catch uh, either team by one game and. In which case, oh, they well, have the play in. Right. But I still think the Magic and Nets would beat the Wizards at least one out of two games. So, probably. So, that's um, that. Yeah. The East is pretty settled. There's not much to discuss there. The West yeah. is where it gets interesting. It does. So, at the bottom of the West, we're going to start with the Suns, who, let's just. Yep. No chance. Zero chance. Um, yeah. We got the Spurs who lost Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, their second best yeah, player. That's, I mean, they weren't gonna make the ninth seed anyways, but that no. just really solidifies it. So then you have the Sacramento Kings, who are still in it. They um, they've been pretty decent. They've won they won seven of the last ten games that they played before the break. And the same record as the Pelicans, right? And Buddy Heald was actually, you know. <laughs> not being a jerk and adopting that six-man role like the team wanted him to <laughs> in the first place. So, yeah. um, I think The Kings are right there in it. The Kings definitely have a chance, along with the Pelicans and the Blazers for that nine spot. And yeah. I think we both agree that the Grizzlies more than likely have clinched the eighth spot. Um, Mo- it's gonna be, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard yeah. to catch them by, by three and a half games. There's um, very little chance. I mean, the neither the Pelicans or the Kings are going like more than five and three. Yeah, in this yeah. eight game season, the Blazers it would also be tough. But I could see Dame getting hot, them winning, going six and two maybe. But um, more than likely, those three teams are are playing for the for the ninth seed. Agreed. Um, yeah. so I just want to talk a little bit more about. Uh, the difference between the Blazers and the Pelicans. Um, so the Blazers have a lot of guys that put up a lot of stats. If you look at Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Hassan Whiteside, um, Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of ballers at Hassan Whiteside, like debatable. But, you know, <laughs> he, put, he puts up some good numbers. So um, despite that, they have gone 28 and 36. Sorry, twenty nine and thirty seven this year. So, I just wanted to hear what what do you think the problem is there? Um. So so as I think we both agree, um, Hassan Hassan Whiteside brings a lot of of stat padding. Um. I don't know how effective he is as a defender. Really, he's a, he's great at blocking shots, but outside of that, I don't know how good his defense is. Well, you've um, seen those clips of him just like. <laughs> Like standing in the paint while his stretch five that he's covering just drains. It's a tough look sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. So with the Blazers, um, Damian Lillard, top 10 player in the NBA. Incredible. Uh, CJ McCollum, really good number two option. Um, The problem with them. The the defense in that backcourt, oh my God. Yeah, their defense isn't great, one, and they're not that deep of a team. 
without Nurkic and Collins. But that's where this gets very interesting because they most likely are both coming back for this eight-game series. There's a good chance, at least Collins. Yep. So Nurkic could take over the starting center role from Hassan Whiteside, leaving him, you know, probably in 15 to 20 minutes a game. And Zach Collins is a very good player. He could help, you know, stretch the floor. And he definitely helps with the defense a little too. We haven't mentioned Trevor Ariza, who's a really good player too. He's a really good. That's true. That was a weird he adds trade. A lot. It but. was, but if you when you look at their bench and you see like Anthony Simmons, you see Gary Trent Jr., Mario Hazonia, these these players, they're, they're not they're not a very <laughs> deep team, which is the problem. And, and yeah, well, the, I mean, have you looked at their payroll? Like, right, it's a very top-heavy team. Oh my. God, his, his contract is enormous. Ten million more than he should be, um, and <laughs> Probably they just more. don't have enough to to afford their bench, and that's going to be a problem. Um, in an eight game stretch where Dame might get tired, but also maybe he's rested enough and and he'll be fine. Maybe I mean Dame is going to do his thing. You can't stop him. His, like his two dribble pull up around picks is pretty like impossible to defend when, so when dame's hot he's hitting eight to ten threes a game it's really yeah i mean it's especially this year like he was really going off this year yeah um so yeah i mean that pretty much covers the blazers like Melo came in he's done his job people honestly over uh underrate him at this point he does come in and provide some scoring even though you know sometimes it's a little too isolation based a little inefficient it, he, too. he's a decent player He's a decent yeah, player. I agree. Um, but anyways, moving on to the Pelicans, who I picked to take the ninth seed. Um, Zion is my favorite player to watch in the league, which is definitely premature. But in the 19 games he's played, there's no other word to describe him than electric. He's electric to the core of the word. Every time he jumps like basically over somebody just dunks on their head or rips the my favorite is when he rips the ball away from people they just have no chance of holding on to it the power Um, is insane the power yeah it's it's ridiculous i've I've never seen anything like it in in basketball so the reason i picked uh the pelicans to take the ninth seed is because the games in which zion has played at least 25 minutes have led to a 10 and 7 record for the Pelicans. This 59% winning percentage would be uh if you stretched it out over 64 games, which is what a lot of the teams have played, they would be 38 and 26, which would put them slightly below the Mavericks for the 8th seed and way past Memphis. Um I think the team with Zion is obviously much better, and they should not be taken lightly in this in this postseason. Not at all. They, there's a lot of really good players in the Pelicans. Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram. I don't know. I don't know who the Pelicans' best player is. Zion obviously has the most potential but right now. Yeah, maybe that's, it's Ingram, that's tough. Maybe it's that's Drew tough. Holiday. There's, there's, they really have a three-headed monster right now. Playoff Drew Holiday is pretty nasty. I mean, he yeah, could. Lonzo is a very good distributor. Derek Favors can can score inside. Jackson Hayes is a pretty good defender. They have they, some players. They have pieces. Um, it's going to be really interesting whether or not the inexperience of the rest of the team outside of Drew Holiday and, and J.J. Redick affects right. them. 
or yep. if it doesn't, because that might be a huge factor in them them winning these games. A lot of them are going to come down to the wire, and it's going to be based on late game execution, final couple possessions, value in the ball. So we'll see what happens. Agreed. So I think we're good. You you said you picked the Blazers for the ninth seed, right? I did pick the Blazers for the ninth seed. Okay, so definitely differ there. I I see the energetic youth in New Orleans taking that spot, but I understand the Blazers pick because Dame is just yeah. so good. So yeah, let's let's break down the rest of the standings. Yeah, let's let's move on. Okay, so you want to just go down the bracket, basically? Yeah. So I think we have um, the same East bracket exactly. We both have the Bucks, Raptors, yeah, and Celtics staying one, two, three. We have yep. the Heat. At number four, Philly at five, Indiana at six. I think Philly would jump Indiana to get that five spot, correct? Agreed. So that's, I think they're tied or only a half game back. And with a healthy Embiid, I, I don't think we need a long explanation there. Nope. Uh, seven, we have the Magic. I think they jumped the Nets there, but I think they're also only a half game back. I think we both agreed the Magic are just a slightly better team than the Nets. Um, I, would, the Nets- I, I think people disrespect the Magic too much. I mean... I know that they're not like great, but Vucevic is a very, very effective center, and people just don't give him credit. Um, and beyond that, they do have some players that none of the, they don't have a su- go-to superstar, which is their biggest weakness. But I mean, you can't just discount them like you do the Wizards or the you know Hornets or something. I'll tell you what, Jonathan Isaac is the most underrated oh, defender man, in basketball. He's so good. He's he so might be good. the best defender outside of Kawhi Leonard as a uh, wing, not as a big, because obviously yeah, Bam maybe. is up there. But Bam, AD. No, as, as a non-big, he might be the next best wing defender outside Marcus of Kawhi. Marcus Smart? He's really good. Uh, apparently, the stats this year, if you, if you look at them, he's number one in a lot of statistical categories on defense. He's super Yeah, he's I mean, those, those defensive statistics are pretty questionable. He's really good. Um, but he is, his he offensive is really game good. is what a lot he of bricks. Work on, but. A lot of bricks. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah no, he, he's a good player. I really like watching him on D. So yeah, Magic 7, Nets 8, Wizards by default are 9. Yep. Um, And we both have the play-in game. I don't know if it's going to get to a play-in game or not. Um, If it does, I think we can both agree the Nets will, will easily take care of the Wizards. For sure. So we look at the West. Um, we have the same one through seven. We have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, top three, the Rockets mm-hmm. four, Thunder five. We have the I Jazz. actually I actually have the Thunder at four. Okay. Okay. Yep. Same matchup, but Rockets okay. five. Yep. The Jazz Jazz slipped to six. Yeah, I guess without home court it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So the Jazz would then slip behind the Thunder and the Rockets. Yep. Um, slipped to six. You have the Mavericks at seven, and we both have the Grizzlies, Grizzlies eight, eight, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So then this is where we differ, as we said. You have the Pelicans nine, I have the Blazers nine, and I think we both have our ninth-seeded teams winning two games and beating the Grizzlies. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, so bye-bye, Grizzlies. Your your eighth seed was, was short-lived. Man, if our prediction the, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are going to be really A good. Powerhouse. I mean... Yeah, easily. Like Jaw at the head of that is awesome. He's he's awesome. He I, I just can't describe how good he is. Jaw is incredible. Um, Brandon Clark's um his advanced statistics are crazy. Yep. 
He's he's a great player, and um, J- Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be potentially an all star. I mean, three. he's he's, he's yeah. great. He's yeah. great, and his defense is awesome too. And they just uh, picked up Winslow. Winslow's going to be a good defender for them. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. He uh, he definitely can affect games. His shot is always looking weird, but a little scary. As, as Heat fans, like we've seen him at his best, and he can be a lockdown. He can shoot well. Yep. So yep. then I think we after the, so I have the Blazers at nine. You have the Pelicans. After that, we have the Kings ten, or you have the Spurs ten. I have the Blazers ten, or eleven. I mean, oh eleven. 11. Uh, I have Spurs with yeah. Lamarcus Aldridge being out. I would say that I'd probably. Push them below the Kings. Okay, so yeah, we both have Kings. But not, not that that affects anything. <laughs> no, to wrap it up, we'll, we'll skip over that. That's the yeah. boring stuff. Very boring. So, um, so now yeah, let's, we let's, get to the fun stuff. Let, now let's now that we have our bracket, let's break it down round by round. All right. So, yeah, first matchup. Yep. We got Bucks versus Nets. <laughs> um, Mismatch. How much do we have to say about that? Probably not a lot. Yeah. I mean, I have that in four. The only sweep of the first round, in my opinion. Um, Should be blowouts probably most games, if not every game. Um, You know, the Nets, they got Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. These are all very good players. They have not been able to put it together all year, and I wonder why that would be. You have any explanation for that? they're kind of missing a top three player and another top 15 player in the league so that kind of has a lot to do with it but maybe not maybe not no they they, i I have go ahead i was gonna say i have the bucks in five i just see the nets pulling one together one back one bucks shooting game man do you Uh, hate the bucks or something i i think the bucks are pretty good (laughs) um but yeah i i I can't imagine brooklyn getting a game off them but you know yeah. Sure. So now we got the most interesting, or debatably the most interesting series in the first round. We have our Miami Heat against Philly, um, and I have the Heat in seven. It's going to be a really good series. Embiid's a mismatch for the Heat, but Bam is a really Always. good defender. Um, I just think the combination of our shooting, Jimmy taking over, I, I really believe in him to be clutch, clutch again. And Spo out coaching Brett Brown. I think the Heat take this one to seven. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's... Philadelphia is dangerous. I, I if people just disregard them as something closer to the Magic than the Pacers, they don't know what they're talking about. They they can awaken for this playoffs and go on a tear. Um, I don't want to play them as Heat fan as a Heat fan, and if I were another team, I wouldn't try to play them either because they have a lot of size, a lot of length. They well. <laughs> they do not have a lot of shooting. And that's where I'm kind of going with this. So Simmons and Embiid is always going to be awkward. I don't think if they stayed together for seven years, it would ever not be awkward, which is why I expect one of them to be moved this offseason. They're not winning a ring this year. It's, I mean, they should be split up. They seem stagnant. Um, yeah, it's just not a good fit. Simmons needs the ball. Embiid is very effective on post-ups. He's one of the most effective post-up players in the league. 
And, um, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't go well if Simmons is trying to drive in and beats clog in the paint. So I think Joel Embiid is going to average 35 plus on the heads of our boys, Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek. No disrespect to them. Um, Embiid is just a mismatch. He's just taller. He's more powerful. And he's got those really nice, you know, post fades and, and little hooks and stuff that they just can't guard. Yeah. Um, but sadly for the Sixers, it is a make or miss league and they miss a lot of threes. So those Embiid twos will be traded for Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero threes. And the Sixers at 19th in the league and three pointers made per game. Um, and with Embiid, Horford, and Josh Richardson all shooting below 35% on 13 attempts combined per game, they are not looking too good. Oh, and Simmons is, I mean, how many career threes has he taken? Like four? One or two. <laughs> made one or two. Something like I that. I think he's made two. I, I remember because the crowd just goes crazy in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, he as they should. Be taking, he will not be taking a three in, in the, the playoffs. playoffs. No I'm chance. pretty confident of that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, unless, you know, the buzzer's going off, like, there's very little chance. And, right. uh, you know, on the opposing side, Miami's number one in three-point percentage with eight players at 36.2% or better, which is nothing short of elite. And they, neither of their stars are there because Jimmy's shot has not <laughs> not looked too good this season. And uh, Bam has not taken that step yet. So I have Heat in six. That's it for that. Yep. Turn on the Celtics Pacers. Awesome. So up next, we have the Celtics Pacers. Um, I have the Celtics in five. I think they're just a better team. Uh, they have the best player in the series in Jason Tatum, who is nothing short of incredible. His second half of this season was really, really promising for his future. I think by next this time next year, he's going to be a top 10 player. I just I, I don't see a way for Indiana to beat them. The Celtics stomped them last year. I Unless Victor Oladipo comes back to his form from before his injury and their whole team plays at an exceptional rate i don't see them challenging the celtics um the celtics have too many iso players they have a really good team defense and a really good coach i think they just take care of the pacers and five so i agree that the celtics are the better team i don't think it's as much as you say because if oladipo comes back at even 90% of his prior like all-star form I think that that really changes the series I'm not saying that they're gonna win I have it ending in six for the Celtics um, with the Celtics winning but with that being said I think they have a potent team if you add Oladipo into the mix with Sabonis all-star this year Turner is a stretch big who plays some of the best big defense in the league Malcolm Brogdon, borderline all-star this year, um, facilitates the ball really well. Uh, Three-point sniper, free-throw sniper. I mean, man, they got some pieces. And uh, as much as I don't want to say it, TJ Warren is pretty effective at the small forward position. Um, and they got they got bench players. I mean, they have a good team. And if Sabonis, you know, posts up on who Jason Tatum, I mean, he's got the size mismatch. I, I think that series could get interesting, but it all hinges on Oladipo. Yeah. Oladipo is, is a pretty big piece there. But moving yep. on, um, Raptors magic. 
if the Magic could take a game last year from the Raptors, I'm going to pick them to take a game this year. I have the Raptors in five. For sure. The, the Magic are a really good defensive team, and the Raptors are an even better defensive team. Um, yep. The Raptors have a great coach. Nick Nurse has obviously proven it in the playoffs <laughs> as well as the regular season. Um, it's going to be a pretty low-scoring series, in my opinion. Raptors in five. Raptors in five. Yeah. You said everything I was going to say. I mean, it's it should not be a very interesting series. I, just, I cannot see the Magic tie game two minutes left putting together enough good offensive sets to win the series no nah, man they got they got marco Fultz to take a fadeaway <laughs> three what do you mean you're right you're right i forgot about that no the season series was raptors 3-0 it's just not yeah. a it's not a match okay so moving on to the second round that leaves us both with the bucks versus the heat as much as i love miami heat oh yeah um, this is probably where we disagree the most um i have oh yeah i have the bucks in six um the heat are Ooh. a really tough matchup for the Bucks. They're 2-0 against the Bucks this season. Bam is a really good Giannis stopper, if there is a Giannis stopper. But Giannis is having the best statistical season of all time. He's putting up 29.5 points, 13.7 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. He's on mm-hmm. pace for the highest PER rating ever, mm-hmm. and it's only in 31 minutes. That being said, mm-hmm. I know players, the Heat, in this series would play him differently and make him drive more. I just think the combination of him, Middleton, Bledsoe, I know we looked up the stats and their shooting is actually pretty underwhelming this year. It doesn't matter to me. I think Uh their team is going to be playoff ready, and I think they're going to take care of the Heat in six. All right. You done? I am done. (laughs) Thank God. All right. So, yes, you can call me a homer. I definitely am. I don't care. I am siding with Chad Ochocinco in predicting that the Heat are going to make it to the finals this year. Yeah, it sounds absurd. Some people don't take the Heat seriously. Here is why they're going to beat the Bucks this postseason. Okay, the regular season doesn't mean everything. But still, it is notable that the Heat are the only team to beat the Bucks twice, and they did it in a pretty dominant fashion in the second game. Adebayo is the best Giannis stopper in the league. I, I don't even know how you can deny that i mean you can say Kawhi in the playoffs and i get that but Kawhi doesn't have the size that Adebayo does and yes he does have some you know probably quicker feet and quicker hands but i mean if i'm putting anybody in front of Adebayo or in front of Giannis to stop him it's bam um after Kawhi nope bam's the best Giannis stopper in the league yes um the Second. heat held him to 13 points on six of 18 shooting in their blowout win with Bam as the primary defender. Um, he Giannis also struggled in the first game against Miami. That was game two of the season. Butler didn't even play. It wasn't, you know, a big deal. But, I mean, he did not just get his way like he does with most teams. Um, the Bucks are a powerhouse. I'm not disrespecting the Bucks. They're one of the statistically best teams of all time. They've been blowing teams out all year. Giannis is going to get his games. He's going to have a 30-point game here or there. But the biggest thing that is going to swing this series, or I guess the second biggest, Adebayo's defense is top. But the second biggest thing is that the Bucks' defensive philosophy is to pack the paint and allow three-point shooters to shoot. Against the Heat, with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, Kendrick Nunn, etc., etc., spacing the floor for Jimmy and Bam to drive, they really do have to pack the paint or else Bam and Jimmy are just going to score. 
and it leaves those shooters wide open and their conversion rate is absurd. I mean, they're all over like 36% and that's the lowest one. You have Duncan Robinson shooting 44% the whole year on like eight attempts per game or nine attempts per game or something like that. And he's been shooting better and better as the season has gone on. Spolstra is going to outscheme Bud, Bud, and the, uh, I mean, the Bucks can't take care of the zone. I mean, it, they can't stop it. So I have heat over Bucks in seven. The Bucks are going to steal some games. Not going to deny that. Watch out for the heat. So what happens when the Bucks go small ball? Giannis at the five covering Bam. I don't think Bam's drives are going to be easy, as you say. Man, if they go small ball, Jimmy is going to eat. Well, Jimmy's still being covered by Middleton is a pretty good defender. Okay, uh, Jimmy, like, come on, bro. He gets the rack on anybody. No, Jimmy's going to drive a lot. He's not going to drive every he time. He draws. I, I think saying, he's taken I, the third most free throws out of anybody this year and converted the fourth most. Gets a lot of calls. I love it. I'm just, I mean. Come All right. All right. Yeah, we'll no, we, we can't keep talking can't about talk the about heat. Yep, day. yep. So next up, Celtics-Raptors. Um, this is a pretty interesting series that that is not going to get enough credit. Um, I think the Bucks heat is going to get more headlines because I think Giannis Bam is going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, but the Celtics and Raptors are both really good teams. For some reason, I, I'm sticking with the Celtics in six. The Raptors are a really good defensive team, but the Celtics can keep up defensively. And when the game gets close, Lowry's proven it last year. He could be a pretty clutch player, even though he hasn't in the past. <laughs> Siakam's been clutch, but I, I trust the shot making of Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Gordon Hayward. So much. than I trust the Raptors. Yeah. No, I, I'm it's, on the same page. Deadly. I mean, the Raptors are a good team. They're very deep, have a lot of veterans. Their all-star in Pascal is awesome. I mean, he's a great player, and their coach is elite. But the second-best player in the NBA leaving their team will be very noticeable once the playoff starts and when the game slows down. They don't have Kawhi to take those fadeaway mid-range two-pointers that, I mean, you know, nobody can really stop. It's it's going to be a whole different game for them. And they're the kind of team where different players are liable to go off every game. Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry. I mean, these guys can ignite and drop 30 um, at any point. But they usually don't do it in the same game. And I, I'm just not expecting them to have a, a cohesive unit against the Celtics who have a top five defense. Um, Siakam could be clutch. Yep. He could be, but he has to prove it first. Shoot, though. I, I mean, he can shoot, but he I don't think he could take step backs at an efficient rate. Like, it's not Kawhi. That's, yeah, okay. He can hit open shots, but he's not going to have open shots in the middle. Right, of that, I right. Agree. Um, and I I just don't, I don't see the Celtics defense holding up as strong against the Raptors as it has most of the season, but I still think the Raptors are going to feel the switchiness of, of the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Okay, so that brings us to the East Finals. Um, we have different matchups <laughs> here. Um, I'll start. I have the Bucks Celtics. Um, so the Bucks last year, um, Celtics were no match for them. Um, nobody on that team could have stopped Giannis last year, and they're young guys who are just a little bit too young. I think this year is going to be a lot different. The Celtics are going to give the Bucks a lot of trouble, um, but I still got to go with the Bucks. The length on their team is going to cause the Celtics ISO players a lot of trouble, and I don't see a player that can consistently stop Giannis. I go Bucks in a really tight series in seven. 
if I were to have that matchup, I think I'd have the Bucks in five or six. The not having Giannis stopper against the Bucks, you just I mean, you're gonna lose. You can't defend them because he's gonna penetrate the paint and kick it out. And yeah, their shooters aren't amazing, but if they have wide open shots, they're gonna they're gonna sink them. So I'd be worried if I were the Celtics in that series. It's a bad matchup. Why don't you go to your your actual matchup instead of you know critiquing mine? I'm no, I'm just I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Thanks, thanks for letting me know. Um, so yeah. I have the Miami Heat over the Boston Celtics in seven games. Yes, I know it's crazy. Yes, I know the season series is two and zero for the Celtics. They dominated the Heat in both games. Neither game came after the trade deadline, and we picked up two two-way versatile wings in Iguodala and Jay Crowder, who can actually match up along with Jimmy and Derek Jones Jr. And Duncan Robinson can't really defend that well, but he'll still be in there because of his shooting. Um, They can match up better with um, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart. So adding those wings was huge for the Heat because they can now throw out lineups where they actually have four to five defenders on the floor that it, where it's not as big of a problem that the other team has that many two-way players. So it should be an interesting one, but um, I, I would see Bam going off this series because Tice or Tatum, either Tatum's too small or Tice, I mean, Tice is kind of too small too, or not fast enough. They, I just see Bam going off. So, uh, but let me say, this series could easily go the other way, and Tatum could go off and close out the series in seven. So, um, it should be interesting if that happens. Yeah. So there's our there's our East. You have the Heat coming out. I have the Bucks. Any out. comment on Heat Celtics series? I think the Celtics would win in seven. I think the Heat would give the Celtics lots of fits. I still think somehow the Celtics would pull it off. It seems like the Heat are prepared to defend the Celtics and like we have the weapons offensively. Yet I those Celtics ISO players in the playoffs come through even though they're young and I think they would again. It's reasonable. I could see that series going either way though. I think the Heat would put up a better fight against the Celtics than they would against the Bucks. Um interesting. So, okay, let's move on. Let's go to the West. Um, so we have different matchups yep. here. I have the Lakers Blazers. Um, I think the Blazers maybe take a game, say the Lakers in five. Um, once again, the Lakers are the better team without a, a doubt. mellow game. Dame, Dame could go off. Mellow could uh, kind of go How off. How hype would that be? What um, if Mellow drops 30 be, in the playoffs? Mellow would love nothing more than to beat LeBron again. That would be um, awesome. I'll tell you that. I mean, they're not going to win so, the series, say, but if Melo hits thirty no. and takes a game, that'd still be sick. No, that'd be that'd be really really fun yeah. to watch. And you have a lot of shot makers in the Blazers, like you said, Melo when he's on. You have McCollum, you have Dame. I could see them stealing a game if LeBron Green. has one average game. Even what what if I mean, God, what if Nurkic and Collins are back, and Dame is I don't think it maintaining matters. his pace from this year. I mean, could you see them taking it? You know, stretching it out a little bit. Make it interesting. Maybe six, but not seven. I just they don't have a player on their team who can guard LeBron. Trevor Ariza can 
Trevor Ariza is the closest thing to guarding LeBron. I don't think he would consistently no, be able to I do agree. it. And I, I certainly don't think any player is guarding AD. I don't <laughs> care how much people think Whiteside is good. He is not. He will not guard AD. I agree. Lakers in five. All right. Yep. Um, that makes sense. I have the Pelicans getting uh, eventually stealing the eighth seed from the Grizzlies. So I have Lakers, Pelicans, and I think this series would be incredible for the NBA. Be fun. It it's would be really fun. Right? I mean, man, Zion versus LeBron, like who wouldn't watch that? That that would be sick. Um I think a lot of people would disagree with the idea that the Pelicans could be challenging for the Lakers. But my reasoning for thinking that this could be a good series is that Zion and AD is a crazy matchup like the length and just smooth talent of anthony davis versus just the weight power and effort of zion is a crazy battle and uh it'd be fun yeah i mean it'd be great and you know lebron is going to go off but drew holiday and lonzo ball be switching on to him which you know lebron's going to take care of his business but not bad defenders and they can definitely you know mess him up a little bit mess up his rhythm so i don't think it'll be as easy as a lot of people would predict the pelicans are good and with that all that being said their time is coming but it is not quite this year lakers in six okay moving on to the rockets thunder series. Um, this might be the closest series of the first round and might have the best storyline outside of the Heat Sixers rivalry. Um, you have us. <laughs> you have the Rockets who traded Chris Paul to get Russell Westbrook. So if they lose to Chris Paul, it's going to be a pretty bad look for them. Yeah, you have you have Westbrook who this time you. It always seems like Westbrook has some sort of rivalry in the playoffs, whether it's Dame, True. whether it's Kevin Durant. It seems like something. But this year, he's playing against his former team. He has nothing but respect for the Thunder organization. Um, I'm not saying that's going to affect him at all, but it's just a different storyline. So you have the Thunder, who have a great starting lineup and not much of a bench. Yep. And one of the most clutch players in the NBA this year, and Chris Paul, who's statistically number one. And then you have this weird small ball Rockets team that we haven't seen that much of, but we know they shoot a lot of threes. They have two really good penetrators the best scorer in the league and the most, maybe the most athletic guard in the league. And it's, it's going to be a really interesting series. It can be two completely different play styles. Um, as much as I want to see the thunder win, I think it's a better storyline and it'd be a lot more funny. I'm going rockets in seven rockets in seven. That's, that's reasonable. Um, I also have this matchup. I do not think it is going to be quite as close as you do. Um, I know the thunder turned it on at the end of the season, but they surprisingly are not that good on offense. They do make they they are fifth in field goal percentage, which is obviously really good. They do make a lot of shots, but they are 18th in three point percentage and 28th in three pointers made, and 21st in points in the paint. So where are all those points coming from? Mid range because of Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander and really Gallinari as well. They all love those like fadeaway mid range shots. And that is, I don't know, it's, it's effective because they're all so good at them. But 
when they're faced to get they're matched up against the small ball rockets who are all analytics driven and just like drain threes i mean i don't think trading twos for threes is going to work for them and yes they have some defensive guys but they don't have guys that can guard westbrook and harden i mean chris paul is a great defender always has been but he's not as young as he was and westbrook is probably the most explosive player in the nba so I just don't see the Thunder being able to match up to that. Um, Gilgis Alexander, he's still developing, and Schroeder, I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna defend either Harden or Westbrook well. So I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna go for him. I, I don't see it going well. I have Rockets in five. I I see what you're saying for sure. Um, like to throw in, even though this this is a little bit biased because the Rockets have completely transformed their team the second half of the year. Thunder are up in the series 2-1. to one, I saw. Um, and they do have a very good shooting percentage, field goal percentage, um, as well as they are going to dominate the Rockets in rebounding. So I think the combination of those factors will make this a close series. Um, I do think that of really any of the West playoff teams outside of the Clippers, you have Shea Gillius and you have Chris Paul who even though they can't stop Westbrook and Harden, they're going to they're gonna be pestering them. It's it's going to be tougher than playing, let's say, the Nuggets, for example. So I, I really think the Thunder are going to make this interesting. But can Adam, can uh, Steven the, Adams play this series? Like, what are they going to do with him? Yeah. Stick him. They're going to they're gonna put him on P.J. Tucker. Right. But who's protecting the he hole? He won't be able to help that much. I mean, that's so dangerous. Like, Westbrook is going to score every time. I don't think it's as clear cut. It's not. It's not as two K as you. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I Westbrook is going to be very effective. Dude, I mean, but Westbrook in the last couple months was averaging thirty plus. Like he was on track. Like he was moving up in the MVP rankings. Like he was legit. He was incredible. I agree. And so we'll see how we'll see how it turns. I out. don't know, man. I I <laughs> having Stephen Adams on the court against that team. That's scary. It's really scary. We'll see. We'll yep. see. So, moving on, we have the Nuggets against the Jazz. I actually don't think this series will be that interesting. Um, so, a couple factors here to, to put into consideration. When people just think of the Jazz, they think they're a pretty good team, and they are. Um, and the Nuggets aren't drastically better. So, you would think, oh, this game, the series will go six and seven, but six or seven. Uh, but the Nuggets are up 2 0 in the series. Bogdanovich is out for the year. So, the Jazz have less depth. They didn't already. They didn't have that much depth to start with, um, so I see a Nuggets team that's had playoff experience the last couple of years, and they've gotten better each of the last two years performing in the playoffs. Um, Jokic apparently is, is cut down some weight, and apparently he's going to be in the best shape he's been in, in his life. I just I see I see the Nuggets taking the Jazz, beating them in five in this series. I I think there's a wounded Jazz team that's chemistry is a little bit off due to the whole Rudy Gobert incident with COVID, um, and I don't want to put that too much into account but i think that i think that the nuggets are going to take care of business i think they're a good matchup for the jazz thin Jokic. thin Jokic. <laughs> that is huge um first there was pickle rick and now there's thin Jokic. um just those just them <laughs> um the jazz are the second most dysfunctional team going to orlando the first is the portland trailblazers they are just all over the place. I don't know what's happening with them. Um, Gobert 
in that video where he touches all those mics, like if I was on the jazz, I don't, I would be so mad, especially if I was one of the ones that got uh, COVID. I mean, come on, Gobert. Why are you doing that? That was just, it's, that's such a child. What a, a yeah. Come on, man. I, he just took the fall for like <laughs> getting the entire league sick. And he probably, like, he probably didn't even do anything himself. It's just like the way that he was so cocky about it. Like, he's just, He's just always going to be yeah. remembered as that, which is hilarious. Um, just like the J.R. Smith final Exactly. Splitter. Like those defining – that's his defining moment, which is just brutal because he's not going to win a title. So poor guy. Correct. Um, anyways, the Nuggets are really deep. They have a lot of good players. Like Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Will Barton – Gary Harris has struggled on offense this year, but I think he'll bring it in the playoffs. He's a good defender. And I I, I don't know why his shots broke, but it wasn't before, and I think he'll be fine. Um, obviously, Jokic and Jamal Murray is an exceptional shot creator and maker. I mean, they got some weapons, so I agree with you, Nuggets, in five. Yeah. Moving on, we have the Clippers-Mavs. Um, and I think that the Clippers are the best put-together team in the league. They have the most depth and top-end talent. Um, but for some reason, I, the Mavericks are a tough matchup for them this year. Um, the Clippers are up 2-1 in the season series, but one of those games was really close to the Clippers' one. Um, and I think the Mavs are as scary of, as, of a first-round matchup as you can really get. Uh, they have one of the best offensive teams in the league and ever. Their, their win differential, which is about six points, is is the best in the league, one of the best in the league. And they have two really good players who are go- both going to come in really healthy and a bunch of shot creators that, or shot makers out of that. Excuse me. Um, we don't know what Luka in the playoffs is going to look like. He could be absolutely incredible. Um, Kawhi is going to be on him, which is going to be really interesting. Um, and we have to see if, you know, because the Clippers haven't really gelled for that long. So maybe they have some sort of chemistry issues coming back. I don't know. I'm going Clippers in six. I think the Mavs take two games. It's more than a lot of people think. But I think this is a pretty underrated Mavs team, and I think they're going to push the Clippers to six. You're wild. Nah, bro. I I mean, I get it. It's Luka. He's amazing. If he takes two games off the Clippers, that would be incredible. That would take a lot. He has to go up against Kawhi. And then Kawhi, you know, let's say he gets picked. Oh, it's PG. And then Patrick Beverly. And then Marcus Morris. Like, it just goes on and on, and he he's a baller, but is he going to be able to do it against all of those elite defenders? Very unlikely, considering he's just like the focal point of that offense. Porzingis, I don't know. He hasn't been himself this year. I'm interested to see if he gets back to the dominant you know, unicorn that we knew and loved on the Knicks. Um, I, I, That'd be scary. It would be scary, but it'd be awesome. I mean, I want to see the Mavericks like really you know, power it up and go through the Western conference. Like they, they're not going to do it this year, but I, I just, they have so much potential. I just, I don't think it's going to, it's going to happen this year. The Clippers are really good. I mean, when they're all healthy, come on Clippers in five, they'll still a game, but Clippers in five. Okay. Give me a lot of, 
a lot of stuff for picking them <laughs> six, but you no, five, I know it's so just you know. It, it was the all this arguing over minor. It was details. the presentation. It was just like you said they're gonna have a lot of trouble. And I'm I'm hyping up the Mavericks. I, I the Mavericks know, are yeah. one of the sleeper teams in the uh, playoffs, and and especially if they don't play the Clippers, if they play another team that's not the Clippers and not the Lakers. They have a very okay. Real I agree with that. I just round. think the Clippers are so good that to say that the Mavericks are gonna like really give them hell, like I, I, I don't see that. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. So now it brings us to the Western Conference uh, semis. Yep. We have the Lakers and Rockets. Mm-hmm. The Rockets are they're gonna be a tough matchup for anybody. They're they're a really weird team. Um, you can kind of game plan for them, but until you really play against James Harden and Westbrook isolating, you, you don't really know what's coming. Yep. Um, the Rockets are going to come out bombing threes, and if they hit some and they get hot, the Lakers might not have the firepower to, to catch up offensively if the Rockets keep it going. Um, that being said, the Lakers are a very good defensive team, which might give them a lot of trouble, and Anthony Davis can definitely guard um, whoever's playing at the five for the Rockets, whether that be P.J. Tucker, Covington. So... I think the Rockets steal two games. I say the Lakers win in six. It's not going to be an easy series for the Lakers at all. It's pretty much every game is going to be tightly contested, in my opinion. But Lakers in six. Okay, that's uh, that's a reasonable take. I have the Lakers in seven. I think this is going to go down to the wire. You know, the Rockets have two elite guards, and the Lakers have two elite front court players, which is an interesting dynamic in the series. Um, McGee and Howard are going to get pulled away from the rim. And it's just, it's the same deal that I said in their last matchup with OKC about Steven Adams. It's just like, if you play traditional bigs against the small ball Rockets, they're going to have tendencies to, to move in and try to help on the inside. And PJ Tucker in the three, in the corner sinking threes is, I mean, that's a pretty easy way to go down by enormous deficits quickly. So my solution for the Lakers is go small with AD at center, but there have been a bunch of rumors that he goes out of his way to say that he doesn't want to play center. So, I mean, I think if they did do that, that the Lakers would win in five if they matched up like that, but I don't think they're going to. They're going to leave their big boys out there, and the Rockets are going to torch them some games. So Rock uh, Lakers in seven, but man, those Rockets, they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think I think one thing that neither of us have mentioned, um, well, two things actually. One, we haven't talked about Anthony Davis's offensive game, which when he is in the court, no matter who's guarding him, it's going to be a mismatch. It's true. Which is probably the main the main way the Lakers are going to score points instead of their offense. Um, and secondly, um, when you get down to the wire, you're the Lakers are going to put LeBron on on Westbrook or Harden, and and that's gonna he's going to frustrate them. LeBron is going to be ready to go. He's going to be ready to guard them in a close series. Um, and he's definitely going to be one of the better defenders in, in crunch time. I don't care what people say about him being lazy. When when he turns it on, he's still a top 10 defender in the league. Probably. I really think so. But I don't know. There's something about LeBron matched up against the other team's best player that just like, it's a little weird. It's almost like he doesn't take that challenge. He doesn't want that challenge. Well, I don't know why. We haven't seen it in the playoffs, but... You saw it when he needed to against Kawhi and against Giannis the last two games when they did beat them. But I agree he hasn't done it in the regular season. Historically, I think that does that is going to change in the playoffs. So. But can he even guard Harden? I mean, 
Well, nobody can guard James Harden. Correct. You can just contest but, them. But can, I, and... I just feel like Harden, he's got the offensive games to... I mean, LeBron slowed down a little bit, and I just feel like Harden's really would be a very big challenge for him. He could guard Russ, I think, because he doesn't move I mean, laterally Harden, Harden's, as much. Harden's definitely going to be a challenge. You just got to make him take a step back three and, and hope he misses. But that's, at, I at mean, this point, that's if you say that, what the league can do to guard Right, him. but if you say that, I mean, he, he does that and just beats some teams well, in. I'm I'm talking I'm talking 30 seconds left tie game. You're not going to have him drive, so that's the shot he's going to take. But I know what you're saying. I know yeah. it's it's really hard to guard him and he's quick. Yeah. So. No, he I mean, but let's move on. Harden Well, I just want to say like Harden against the Lakers specifically is such a threat because with the small ball lineup, if you're isoing Harden and he's taking those step backs, if he's on you have a very little chance to to beat them, especially with the Lakers' lack of three-point shooting. Yeah. You know? The Lakers can shoot threes, but yeah. nowhere near with the Rockets. I, I, I guess. Agree. I mean, Danny Green. You have some shooters. Danny Green, KCP, Avery Bradley, oh, LeBron God. can shoot when he has to. Kuzma KCP, can shoot when he's on. Sometimes Kuzma. he's off, though. That's, like, those are all quite, like, I wouldn't trust any of them except for Danny Green to actually, like, shoot threes, you know? Uh, agree to disagree. Let's move on. Okay. Clippers Nuggets. Um, the Clippers, in my opinion, in the second round will be a little bit more warmed up than they won the first round. Um, that combined with the fact that they are just better everywhere <laughs> makes this a relatively easy series. For Not the at center. Um, you know, the Nuggets' best player is Jokic, and, and that's going to be tough to guard for the Clippers, but I think that when you have guys like Jeremy Grant and other guys out there that Kawhi and PG can help a little, it's going to frustrate Jokic. They, the Clippers are going to be pretty active when they are defensively. Um, Jamal Murray is going to be covered by Patrick Beverly at times. That's going to frustrate him. We've seen Jamal Murray's attitude affect him in some playoff it's games true. and regular season games. So the Clippers are a very athletic team defensively. It's going to frustrate the Nuggets. Clippers in five. Nobody's locking up Kawhi or PG on that team. Should have traded for Drew Holiday. Uh, Jokic can put up some nice stats, but they're going to be outmatched throughout the entire rest of the roster. See you next year, Nugs. Clips in four. Sweep. Okay. Bold in four, but I, I can't find any facts to disagree with you. Big so Clippers we'll, guy. We'll see. <laughs> I know you are. And now we get to the interesting part, where we can disagree. Um Lakers Clippers. Oh, um, I'm gonna first off before I even start my before I release my prediction and say that the Clippers are the best all around NBA team in the league, They're the best team in the NBA. Um, and with that being said, they they might even have the best player in Kawhi. I I cannot at this point necessarily say LeBron is better than Kawhi given the last year or so. So it's a it's really tough. However. The last time we saw LeBron in the playoffs, he put up 51-8-8 eight, and eight in game one. Yeah. And this year, he doesn't have J.R. Smith, which is big. <laughs> so, so LeBron has his best second option since D-Wade. And arguably, as much as I hate to say it, AD might be more impactful in the Lakers than D-Wade was as a second option with the Heat. Mm. We're not going to discuss that because that's very questionable. Okay. And I love Dwayne Wade. He's my favorite player ever. Right. But Anthony Davis does average 26 and what, 11 or 12. So... The Lakers have two incredible superstars and a bunch of guys who I think are capable of hitting shots and guarding. I think it's going to be a really close series. I think LeBron's going to give it his all. Kawhi's going to give him a lot of fits. P. 
PG is going to be really clutch at times. He's a really good player. Lakers in seven. Oh. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me in the oh. butt. It's going to be close. I'm picking the Lakers in seven. God. Everything points towards the Clippers being a better team. I'm picking LeBron. I appreciate that you want that to happen so bad that you've come up with this delusion that it's going to happen. But I am a huge LeBron fan. A fully healthy Clippers team has five potential 25-point scorers. Five. With a bunch of other solid role players. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 25? Yes. Uh, 20. 25. Consistently 25? No, no, no. Liable to put up 25 points. Oh, in one game. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Fair. So I back off. LeBron is going to have Kawhi and PG switching onto him. And you cannot stop LeBron, but man, that's that's the worst possible scenario for him. I mean, that's worse than the Warriors' defense on him. That's that's really bad. Oh, without a doubt, Kawhi Kawhi is better than KD, and KD's a very good defender. Yeah, I mean, Draymond on him, and I, I will say that that first year was probably pretty equivalent because Iguodala was such a beast. But I mean, Kawhi and PG switching onto him is going to be crazy, um, and Marcus Morris. He's not the worst matchup for AD. AD is going to cook him, but in terms of a big body that's like at least quick enough to kind of stay in front of him, not the worst. Um, but AD is still going to go off that series. Um, the Lakers are elite. They're going to put up a fight. They have a really good defense, first in net rating. And I mean, the Clippers offense can be stifled at times, um, especially if they do that, like, taking turns type of offense which i haven't seen from them too much but if they end up resulting to that where it's like you iso i iso i don't see that going well for them um in the end the clippers are a better overall team and lebron and ad are gonna go off but clippers and six okay that's it yep i don't think we're gonna be able to convince each other we can i have a i have a strange feeling don't know where don't know how it came. Strange feeling. We can argue this later. Maybe in the West Finals? Lakers Clippers? So we'll Probably. see. Probably. We'll get into that yep. more. Um, so that brings us to the finals. Um <laughs> I have we we actually have completely different finals matchups. Um I have the Lakers Bucks. Um and you don't. So I'll start. <laughs> um two best records in the NBA. Um Giannis, best player in the league this year. LeBron, second best player of all time. The Bucks have a lot of length. Um, Giannis and other guys on AD is going to be a little bit challenging for AD. Um, Giannis and LeBron is going to be challenging for LeBron. Giannis probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, however, I think the Lakers are going to figure out how to guard him. They beat him this last game. Um, the Lakers, I trust their shooting a little bit more than I trust the Bucks in clutch situations. Guys like Danny Green, I trust him to come through more than, let's say, Eric Bledsoe. Kyle Korver's a different story, but how much is he really going to play? Guys like DiVincenzo, Connaughton. I trust the Lakers a little bit more. Um, I think that the star power of LeBron and AD, especially in the finals, is going to take over. LeBron matched up against a team that's pretty even. There's no way he's going to lose. He needs this for his legacy. He needs to beat the Bucs. Oh Lakers God. in six. Could you imagine if he lost? That'd be insane. It'd be... I think if he lost the Bucks in the finals, considering it's the Bucks, oh especially after God. getting past the Clippers, I think he loses the right to say he's better than MJ. I agree. I think that's it. 
I, I agree. There's no chance if you lose. If you lose to the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, nothing changes in my opinion. Um, right there, you, you he just can't take another loss in his finals. No. and especially like the Clippers, you can argue are a better team Correct. for sure. I don't think the Bucks are a better team. And I agree. Just finals record on the line, he has to win. Um. Yeah, he does. I mean, if he gets through the Clippers and the Bucks, that would do a lot for his legacy. That's those are two powerhouses. Yeah, I agree. Um. Okay. Yeah. So we can move on to mine. Um. I have Clippers Heat, and this is making me very sad. But I have the Clippers <laughs> sweeping the Heat in four games. Um, sweeping. Okay. Yep. The Heat do not have the defenders to match the Clippers' many offensive threats. Um, it's not that we don't have wing defenders. It's just they're not at that level to contest Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams. Um, I'm sad to say it. Uh, this is just a sweep waiting to happen. They have the wings to make our three-point shooting challenging, which is brutal because that's what we rely on. And Jimmy is going to have a very tough time drawing fouls against Kawhi and PG. Um, They're going to slide their feet, get in front of him, strip the ball, do whatever. And considering he hasn't been able to make jump shots, which he has every other season of his career, but decided when he came to the Heat, he wouldn't. um, It's not going to be pretty. Kawhi is going to bring home his third finals MVP with a third team in a dominant fashion, making him the first ever to do so. Clippers in four. Question for you. Yep. If 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 these playoffs did not occur in Orlando and it was normal settings with home court, would the Heat steal a game at home? No. Clippers are too good. Okay. I think the Heat would steal one, but that is obviously something we'll never know. They fought. They played them pretty well um, in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, but that's obviously that's just because the young waiters not the postseason. Off. Dion Waiters was there. Um, okay, was but, there, bro. He blocked Lou Will twice and then drained a clutch three. Like, come on. Yeah, Dion Waiters is bad. We're not going to argue this now. We're going to move on. So, uh, <laughs> based on these matchups, Dude, um, our, what are the three matchups? Our best arguments. The three matchups that you're most. Ex- okay, <laughs> you, you got to stop. You, you got to stop with Dion. Oh my god. Matchups. What are your three? Most interesting matchups, team-wise, that you want to see in these playoffs. Well, I bet you could get the guess the first one. Bet it's the same as mine. Lakers Clippers. Correct. Of course. Yep. How can you not? Okay. Say that? Yeah. I. I don't even. We just talked about it. We're not going to explain it more. Um. Next, yeah. I have Raptors Seventy Sixers, and that's an unusual one, and it's a little weird to hear. Uh, but the reason I have this on here is because I'd be very intrigued to see how both teams would play in the playoffs after playing last year, such a close series, and they each lost their elite two-way wing. So what do those teams look like now? How do they play that playoff series? I think that'd be very interesting. Um, yeah. And lastly, Lakers, Pelicans, Zion, LeBron, you know, everything's at stake noob noob versus old guy it it would be great i'm really hoping for that yep, matchup for sure how about you uh my three the first one as i said lakers clippers self-explanatory two best teams in the league in my opinion and in your opinion i think 
Um, second, I'm going to be a little biased. Heat 76ers. Um, the whole Jimmy Butler getting traded to the Heat for Jay Rich um, would be a really interesting facet to this series. Um, on top of that, the Heat and Sixers are, at this point, rivals. Yep. Um, Embiid, Bam, Jimmy, Simmons, Tobias Harris. I mean, these guys go back and forth. It's, it's going to be a really good series. Um, I, I think the Heat are going to win, as I said, but I think it'd be a, a really fun matchup to watch for not just Heat fans or 76ers fans. Well, not as much for 76ers fans because we would beat Correct. them. But for the whole NBA. Yep. Um, and coming in third, I think the Thunder Rockets are also going to be a really fun series. See, my, my three series are pretty boring. They're all ones that I think are actually going to happen. <laughs> which would be good for the NBA. Yes, those but are Thunder Rockets. It's just the whole, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are all spectacular matchups, and if they happen, it's it's really interesting watching teams that trade with each other to then play in the playoffs, a seven game series where yeah. those players are trying exactly. to beat their old like teammates. It's and coach. It's, it's awesome. It's exactly exactly why I have Thunder Rockets and Heat Sixers. Westbrook, Paul, yep. yeah. So. That being said, um, what are your top three individual player matchups that you're looking forward to seeing? So mine, yep, mine is a parallel from above, Kawhi LeBron. I think this really would tell us a lot about LeBron, how personal he takes Kawhi's challenge at dethroning him as the best player in the league, at dethroning him within his own city, uh, not coming to his team. There were just a lot of things that Kawhi did that kind of slighted LeBron. And um, I mean, if LeBron wins... That's a huge fu to Kawhi and his entire, you know, all of his actions over the past six months or eight months. Um, if Kawhi wins, he is officially the next, you know, two to three year generational talent preceding Kobe Bryant and then LeBron James. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. All right. So number two. Um, I have Bam and Giannis. If Bam D's up Giannis in the Heat win the series, the spotlight will officially be on Bam as an up and coming perennial All Star or and or potential superstar. Um, furthermore, if Giannis doesn't transcend to elite heights this postseason, a lot of questions are going to be raised about how good he is beyond the regular season, which would be pretty brutal for him. But I, I mean, it would be interesting because he's a regular season beast, but he yep. can't really make, you know, create his own shot. So that should be interesting. Um, and then Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, what a duel that would be. It would answer a ton of questions <laughs> about the Rockets giving up so much future capital for Westbrook. And, you know, I think they did it. They did the trade partly out of Chris Paul and James Harden clashing. But, I mean, you still didn't have to give up that many assets, you know, to pursue a player that's not going to get you out of the first right. round. So that should be interesting. What a trade for the oh Thunder. Oh, my God. What a yeah. trade. Amazing. It's incredible. Uh, So those were my three. So yeah. My three. Yeah. So... I'll get started. Um, my first two are really just one-way matchups. Uh, my first one is Kawhi guarding Luka because Luka can't guard Kawhi. <laughs> um, I, I think Kawhi will probably be the number one guy guarding Luka just because of Luka's size. Um, it's really it's really going to come down to to 
how Kawhi can limit Luka's playmaking. Because what's so special about Luka is that, well, one, he's super young. But two, he's a really, really good playmaker. He's really good at passing. The Mavs have a lot of shooters. And it's one thing if Kawhi can stop Luka from scoring a lot. But if Kawhi can get his hands in passing lanes and frustrate Luka, that's going to affect his playmaking, and that's going to affect the whole Mavericks team, and that's going to make it a significantly easier series for the Clippers. Reasonable, yeah. Number two? Number two, Giannis guarding Tatum. I don't know if this will always be the matchup, but I think this will be really interesting. I just want a game that really stands out from the regular season was the last time the Celtics played the Lakers. <laughs> Tatum hitting step backs yep. over LeBron, over Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis has length, but it's not Giannis length. So Tatum is a really good individual scorer, and he's been a pretty clutch player. And to see if he can hit shots over the defensive player of the year consistently in clutch moments is going to be a really intriguing storyline. I wonder, I wonder if he'll be able to do it. That would be really tough for him. Yeah, that'd be it a big be. step forward if he can if he can score on Giannis and, and prove that he's that elite of a scorer, which we all think he will be. But if he gets there that early, it's Agreed. a really good sign for him. And three, I agree with you, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. There's just too many <laughs> chips on the table for, for Westbrook oh, and man. the Rockets. They can't lose this series. This would be a really... They traded assets and Chris Paul for Westbrook. If Chris Paul outplays Russell Westbrook, or even if he doesn't outplay him statistically and still has a bigger impact on the series, it's going to be really What do you really even bad. do if you're the Rockets front office at that point? I don't even... You just cry? Like, yeah, resign. I mean, Daryl Morey probably will have to resign at some point, but... Morey, Morey would know that he yeah. messed up. And I think he... I'm not saying he, he admits that now, because maybe Westbrook completely outplays he could. Uh, Chris Paul, and mm-hmm. he's younger, of course, but... Chris Paul's looked really good this year. No signs of slowing down. And this break, if anything, is going to make him better. I agree. So, um, Okay, yep. so move on. I was going to say, now we're going to go to the last two segments of our show that we're going to have pretty consistently. Uh, the first one being stat line predictions. So we're going to pick five players and predict their stat lines, depending on whether we're discussing a individual game in that podcast or if we're discussing, like we are in this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the whole playoffs. So let's let's kind of go over five players that we randomly picked, um, and how we think they're going to perform over these these whole yep. playoffs and every every series. So so I tried to pick players who are pretty variable. They could, you know, explode and have crazy games and crazy series, and um, you know, really really hit the peak of what what we expect of them, or some of them could really fall short and um, they're just interesting. So my first one is Russell Westbrook. I think watching Russ is going to be one of my favorite activities during this postseason. Um, him in the small ball rockets is really interesting and I'm going to base his stats on what I saw with the small, small ball rockets, um, which I'm expecting 31 points, 10 assists and nine rebounds. So one rebound short of a triple double. Yeah, and um, by the way, for this segment, we are going to pick the same players and kind of kind of see how our stats differ. So uh, I think I think Westbrook, as tremendous as he is, um, the playoffs of the playoffs, I think his shot's going to dip a little bit. He's going to be incredible driving. Um, I say twenty three points for Westbrook. I think he dips a little bit. Seven assists, eight rebounds. Wow. He's going to be a really active player. 
He's going to be a, um, still a very good defender. Um, I think he's going to step back a little bit and let Harden take over a little bit more in the playoffs. Um, whether that's what should happen or should not, I am not saying. I think Westbrook was, as you said, absolutely remarkable in the second half of the season. I am just thinking a little dip in points for him. I mean, I don't know if he'll if he'll take a step back for Harden. Russell Westbrook is the main driver of the offense with super small ball. I mean, he can usually get to the hole at will because the big is pulled out. So I'm expecting a lot of points from him. Yeah. Okay. All right. On to the young legend, Luka Doncic. I am expecting 27 points, nine assists, and eight rebounds. I think, I don't think he's going to have those crazy games that he's had this year as frequently. Um, I think elite defenders are going to be able to check him more so than some might think. Um, I don't think he's going to be dropping 40 in most games in the playoffs. Um, but he's still the main facilitator, main ball handler, and he's he's going to get some assists, and he's a big body, so he'll get some boards. So 27, 9, and 8. Yeah, um, I think I think Luka's um, points dip a little bit and his assists go up a little bit as defenses uh, pay a little bit more attention to his, his scoring and kind of allow the rest of the Mavs to, to shoot, shoot some difficult shots, uh, step back twos, some, uh, some fading threes. So I have 25 points for Luca, eight assists. I said seven rebounds. Um, he's only averaging seven and change assists in the season, which just surprised me how much he makes, but, um, yeah. So, so your nine assists, my eight are both above what, um, yeah, in the regular season, but he is going to play more. Correct. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Play more, better defense. So I don't know which one's going to be stronger, but um, the yeah. next one we kind of picked because he's been having a down year and his role is not established. Uh, we have Al Horford here. So <laughs> I looked it up. Horford is only averaging twelve points a game this year, which is pretty brutal for somebody that has so many offensive weapons, you know, at his disposal. He has nice hook shots, nice, you know, mid-range game. His three is there, even though it's not always consistent. So (laughs) it's the Sixers, and I'm not expecting him to increase that much. I'm expecting 13 points, um, eight rebounds, which is kind of in line with what he's been producing, the rebounds. And, um, I'm expecting his assists to go up a little bit because he's probably going to play more minutes. So I, I think five assists. But 13, 8, and 5, not super yep. impressive for somebody that's signed to such an enormous contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my stat predictions are pretty similar. I think about 14 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, I don't know how many assists he'll get just because of um, Embiid mm-hmm. with the ball that much. Simmons... Um, demanding a lot of, well, not really demanding a lot, but driving a lot, kicking. Um, so 14 points, a couple above his average. I think Horford is just a pretty consistent playoff performer in general. I think he'll take one or two more shots a game than he does. Um, if you're a Philly fan or if you're a player on that team, you probably trust Al Horford taking one or two more shots than somebody on the bench. <laughs> what bench? Benched. Maybe outside of Korkmaz, maybe outside of Korkmaz, uh, yeah. taking threes, but 
So that's, but can that's you even put cork moths on the floor in the playoffs? I mean, that's going to be brutal. Yeah, you need. No, I know, but but man, they, on they defense, like that's that's a tough look. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So next, we have a guy rebounding from injury in Victor Oladipo. This could really go either way. I mean, he came back this year and was averaging, you know. 12 modest 12 13 um he was not playing that yeah. many minutes but he he was shooting a very low percentage and just having you could see that he was having a tough time out there um i think he's gonna have rebound i think he's gonna come back i think he's gonna go up to 19 point average which is four points shorter than his 23 point all-star season two years ago but i think he'll get back up to 19 um five assists and four rebounds yeah um i i'm i'm agreeing with you for the most part i think he's gonna do he's gonna perform better than he did in the regular season i'm going 17 points five assists three rebounds same reasons um he has time off he's gonna get healthy we've seen him at his peak he's an exceptional player he's an incredibly an incredibly explosive player um 17 is very manageable. I don't know, given um, his involvement on the Pacers when he's been back, how many shots he's going to take more than he did in the regular season. Also, because the Pacers are a pretty deep team and have a lot of guys who can score. You have TJ Warren, Sabonis can score, Miles Turner has a jump shot, Brogdon can shoot. So I'm going 17 points, five assists. If you're the Pacers, do you, how long do you ride out the Oladipo experiment in the playoffs? He's going to play a lot of minutes. I think he, he he has to start. He's a very good defender no matter what he's shooting. I think Oladipo is smart enough to realize if he's not scoring well, the offense will run more through Sabonis as it has throughout the, the season. That's reasonable. All right, last one. John Morant, he is explosive. Um, he was averaging less points than I expected during the regular season. He was at... 17.6 points which was pretty surprising on nearly 50 percent shooting but um still i think that that's gonna go way up i think he's gonna play a lot more minutes he's only he only played 30 minutes per game this year and that's gonna shoot up he's gonna score tw- i have 22 i could see it being even higher than that i'm going on the low end just because he's young and he might have some shaky games but um 22, eight assists, and four rebounds. Eight assists because he's, you know, the point guard of that team and they have some shot makers. So I think he'll he'll get some good passes in there. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you on scoring. I think Jaw's gonna put up about 21 points a game. Um he's gonna he's gonna be more aggressive in the playoffs. He mm-hmm. has to be the best yep. player on that team, most potential on that team. He is that <laughs> team. Um he has the ball in his hands all the time. Um, I see Jaw just like we saw him in the NCAA tournament taking over. Um, 21 points. I think his assists are going to dip. I don't necessarily trust the pieces on the Grizzlies around him to hit shots. I'm going five assists and four rebounds. Wow, five assists. That's a big difference there. Yeah, it's it's about a two-assist drop-off, um, which is a lot. Um, I just don't see him. I think he's going to be more aggressive, which I think will have Gotcha. Been. All right, so lastly, we will move on to our other perennial segment that will be Towelboy Take of the Day. 
This is pretty exciting. My First Hellboy take of the day. Um, mine yeah. is a very relevant one because Andy and I have been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. Um, I do not think the Bucks will make the finals. I think they will get beat in any of these following series. Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics. Um, I think the Bucks against the Celtics, I do like their chances there because of the matchup. Um, I still don't see them getting it done. I don't know. I just like I, I, part of the reason I threw them on there was because I honestly think they're going to end up matched up with the heat in the semis and just, I mean, they're going to get trounced there. Even if they make the Eastern conference finals, I <laughs> don't think that that's going to go a long way. So there's my towel boy. Take okay. it. Tonight. Yeah. And uh, to explain it a little bit more, these takes are going to be, as relevant as we can make them if we find something interesting to what we're talking about yep. in that podcast. Um, so mine for this one, um, I'm going to say, as I predicted, I don't think there's going to be a single sweep in the first round. Um, I think if the Magic play the Bucks and the Nets play the Raptors, I'm feeling better about that. However, the Bucks are a tough matchup for the Nets for sure. I still think Dinwiddie and Levert can put up a really good game. We've seen Levert put up 50-point games. We've seen Dinwiddie put up 40, 50-point games. If those guys are on, they have guys around them, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, they have guys who can compete. The Bucs are really good. I have them going to the finals. I still don't think. that. To me, that's the series that, if any, that'll go four in the first round. But I'm picking five. No team comes back fully, fully ready to go. A little rust, no sweeps. And just like that, that is the end of our first podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to stay active on our social media accounts, both our Instagram and Twitter accounts. The handle is just at the Towel Boys. We'll be posting lots of content, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Always remember to embrace your inner Towel Boy.